and welcome to The Turning Point, a weekly show that's being created to help you overcome the challenges of having the career you always dreamed of. Together, we're going to be learning how to overcome those obstacles that may stand in your way. My guests will give you an insight into their own turning point and what issues they came across when starting their journey to a happier working life. Today's guest is Ramona Rice, who is an accidental podcaster who discovered podcasting whilst on a business trip, and it completely changed her career. Uh, She's a single mum living in Virginia who helps podcasters discover their own voice. Ramona, welcome to the show. Hi, Daniel. How are you? I am very good, thank you. Ramona, somebody who we actually, uh, actually, probably last year, wasn't it? Early on last year on Twitter. Uh, we've got all of our all of our American football uh, chat out of the way, so we could talk about something nice and serious. Um, so, Ramona, if we could start at the beginning, I know you mentioned previously that you've maybe done gone through this a couple of times. Um, so let's let's start at the start, I guess. Yeah. So you know, career wise, I've done I've transitioned a lot, um, and I think that happens to a lot of people, especially women, for a lot of different reasons. So um, early in my twenties, I dropped out of school. Um, college because I was just not enjoying it and went and um, tried to be a massage therapist. <laughs> a lot of people don't know this. Um, my mom owns a really successful day spa in my local area and I was just lost and confused and I'm like, I'll try to be a massage therapist. And I was the worst massage therapist ever. Like I was great at giving massages, but I couldn't stop talking in the session. <laughs> and so, you know, when you go, have you ever gotten a professional massage? Like the one thing you want to do is what? Not talk. Yeah, be silent. And I was just nosy about people's like business, um, you know, so I was like, no. So so I tried that career. So that was like in the early 20s. While I was doing that and going to school, massage school, I worked for, I don't know if you guys have these over in England, but there's these stores called Bath and Body Works. It's basically like lotion and like bubble bath and things like that for women. And so I got really good at selling that stuff. And so they kept promoting me. So I suddenly became like, you know, I, I moved up the ranks and I did retail for a long, long time. Um, you know, every Christmas season and holiday season, I would be in the store for like, you know, 50 hours a week or more with bubble baths and lotions. And I loved it. I mean, I thrived in that environment. I was really good. Um, my last store I worked at, they, I turned it, it was a really crappy store, like really, really small had a staff that no one wanted to work with. And within like three months, I turned the store completely around. So I was, I was that kind of person. They would send me into a store in the district and I would completely turn it around. And, um, while I was there, I got pregnant, um, with my first child. And so I had him in October, actually his birthday's in just a, like a week or two. And, um, he's getting justice league donuts. I'm gonna throw that in there. Um, for, 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 I know, I know. I knew you'd, you'd appreciate that. And, um, so he, he came in October. October, and so I miss like I don't I don't know if you guys do like the big Black Friday like we do here in America, but after Thanksgiving, it's kind of started making its way over, and it's being banned in a few stores because people go absolutely bananas and just fight, which is ridiculous. Oh yeah, so I've seen fights over like lotion. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Like the last <laughs> vanilla be Noel lotion. It's like, are you kidding me? So I missed all that because I was on maternity leave, and I didn't go back into like the store environment until you know mid December. And I was just like, I just hate this. I, I just I didn't want to be there. I didn't want. I wanted to be with my baby, you know. And I didn't want to work the crazy hours anymore. And I just didn't care. So, and I had a district manager that I just didn't like. So I quit without a plan. <laughs> I do not recommend doing that at all. Um, you know, I don't know. If postpartum. But while I was um, on maternity leave, I got my real estate license here in the States. And I um, thought I was going to be a real estate agent. But then I decided to do this in like 2007, which was the worst time to be a real estate agent in the United States, because that's when the great bubble burst. And so I tried to be a real estate agent. And within the span of two years was a terrible real estate agent because I just I had another baby. 
And I was just like, my life was like, what, what do I do? So I decided to go back to school and I attended the University of Virginia, which was the school I always wanted to go to. They had an adult studies program that worked with my schedule. And while I was doing that, my mom let me know she needed a part-time receptionist at her day spa. And I went there and what I did was I took my, so this is yet another transition. So we've had like what, four already. Um, <laughs> I took the skills that I used at the, the retail store. And which was, you know, how to lo use logistics and smart because when you're in a retail environment, that's a corporate environment, you have to follow their rules, but there are ways to get around the rules. So for example, I was in a store, the last store that I turned, the turned around that no one else could, I was in a store that was predominantly African-American. Um, it was an African-American like location and, and that was primarily our, our thing. So I did things like change the music and I did, did things like making sure that if we had um, marketing that was tailored more, like had a black woman in the, in the marketing, I would use her and doing those kind of simple things really increased our business. So really tailoring that store, even though it's a corporate store, to its market, it made a huge, huge difference as far as customer engagement. And, and I think the customers there really appreciated that. And so I started doing that at the day spa. I, start, I started looking at things like the way they were scheduling. For example, she had, um, I think, seven rooms at the time. And each therapist got their own room, which meant that they weren't utilizing it like we weren't maximizing the rooms um, because if they had their own room, that means no one else was using that one. So, you know, a therapist, a massage therapist can only really do like four to five massages a day. But if we're open like 10 hours, you know, the room's not being used all the time. Mm -hmm. So I started like looking at that and ways we can improve that and other things um, started using social media and started using email, started using, you know, more online tools. This was back in like 2008, 2009 when all that was still pretty new and we exploded. And so we expanded the day spa in 2011 to um, double the space. And while this was going on, my grandparents fell ill, like not at the same time, but like one after the other. My mother had to go, you know, down south to Florida to take care of them. So she left me alone um, while I was getting a college degree um, and raising two children under the age of five. Um running a day spa and uh, you know we sold like a million dollars worth of massages that year um Whoa. so yeah no it was a lot of rubbing so we we did that and um you know i just kind of figured out that my real true niche is really taking and and, and letting people narrowing that window between um getting people back into appointments especially for brands like again like the lotions and bubble baths for massages none of those things are really necessary um you know as far as the price point but we did marketing we did things that made people such ravenous fans that you know we were able to expand so um finished my degree in 2012 from uva and that was awesome and i still love them very much um i know that college football in this in this country is like huge and basketball and you, you see me on twitter like talking about it all the time and um so that was exciting so i was bored with the day spa my mom was at the point where she's like i don't want it to grow anymore and i didn't understand that I'm like what are you what are you talking about so i decided well i have this degree now i should utilize the degree the degree was in sociology um with a minor in marketing so I was like, let me, let me, I need to utilize the degree. Um, both kids were now in full time in school. So it was time for me to find like a real job that, you know, had benefits and, uh, you know, the grown up job, the corporate job. So I first tried um, a temporary assignment at a local community college, like a junior college here. And I quickly realized, Daniel, I do not like organizations that do not um, measure on profit. Instead, these guys measured on like things like, you know, enrollments and, and nothing that made sense. And I was like, I don't understand this. Let me get out there. Well, 
um, the real estate company I worked for while I was trying to be a real estate agent actually. How long did you last there then? Just before you. It was six weeks. It was a temporary gig, and they offered it to me, and it was a load of money they offered, and I said absolutely not. I just hated it. I hated it so much. Um, just, just because it was, I was around academics and I don't know if you've ever been around academics, Daniel, but they, you know, they, they're the smartest people in the room. And so if you don't have like a PhD, they won't listen to you. And I'm like, I don't want to deal with this, you know? I kinda, I, yeah. I'm going to try and stay away from those people. Yeah, no. And that, that's a, that's a really good kind of lesson that, you know, if you're at a point in your career or in your life where you just absolutely hate something, get a way out. Um, don't, yeah. don't stay there. Cause it's not, you're not going to improve it from the inside. And well, the thing is that you, yeah. when, when, when you're, when you're in, when you, when you're working, when you're doing a job, um, a lot of your personality goes into that as well. And if, if the personalities are not going to match, you kind of have to stop being who you are, which is kind of what your morals are and what pushes you forward to pursue targets and things like that and become better, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. They really wanted me to like fit into their mold. And I just, I, I've realized this in my career is that I go into an organization and I change everything and I don't mean to, it just sort of happens. And so I'm always, I always thrive when I'm in a role where I can do that, where I can bring growth and change and where I'm welcomed to bring growth and change. And this, this, that situation, they weren't ready for the change. I wanted to move faster than they wanted to move. I think that that was a large part of it because once I left, they started doing the things I wanted them to do. And, and that happens. Oh, really? Yeah. So um, so I decided not to get that job. And while I was there, the real estate company I worked for before as a real estate agent, they were looking for, and this is literally the ad saying they wanted a social media person. And they had like four bullet points. They wanted someone to be able to do press releases, social media, email marketing, and special projects. They were calling it like their special projects marketing manager. So I went back to my old managing broker and I said, do you think I could apply for this? She goes, yep, let me recommend you. Got an interview with the head of marketing there and I got the job. And basically they were like, we just want to get on online. We don't know how to do it. And so, it was so this is, this, that's really opening the door for you to do exactly what you've just said and sort of, well, you don't have to really have to change anything because they're not doing anything. It's just you take hold of it and do the things that you've learned over the uh, uh, college and things like that and just put it all in practice. Exactly. And so it was immediate like impact on their business. Like the first year um, we went from like 500 Facebook followers. I was there two and a half years. I left and they had over eight, 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 um, eight, eight hundred Facebook followers. And for wow. real estate, that's really good because real estate's really boring. Um, and so it was my job, all the blogs. I mean, I wrote probably close to 500 blogs for this company. Um, all the press releases, we got a national TV. I don't know if you've ever seen a show called like house hunters over in the UK. Um, but we got on there a couple times. Um, we got in the radio, I just, just rose. The company just was everywhere virally. I got them literally everywhere. And while I loved the position and I loved what I did and I loved helping because, you know, real estate agents are their own little entrepreneurs. So I got to help all these entrepreneurs with their social media plans. And that was a ton of fun. But yeah, because it's, yeah. it's quite different over in the U.S. for um, these real estate agents, isn't it? Because, I mean, there's the there's the film I Love You, Man, with Paul Rudd in it. Yeah. And He's, he's got a, a colleague in it where he does all this crazy stuff with billboards and he makes himself like a cowboy and all that kind of stuff. And I thought that was just made up, but I've no. seen billboards online and it's actually real. Oh, yes. Which oh, is yeah. nothing like that over here. It's all the real estate stuff is for the real estate agent and that's the company. So that is the brand name, but there's no individual people marketing themselves. 
Yeah. So that's the massive contrast between the US and the UK. Yeah, no, US, you'll see. And there's a lot of real estate agents that do like just regular, like I'm here, I'm a normal person. There are others. I'm really good friends with a real estate agent. She uses cows and everything. So her whole tagline is I'm ready to move. And like literally she has a Hummer that has cow spots all over it. Wow. And she drives all over the area, but she's so she's one of the top agents in the area because she made herself so different. So it, it does work. So while this is going on, you know, and I loved certain aspects of the job, they moved my location. So I used to have a 20 minute commute. All of a sudden I had like a 40 to 60 minute commute. And again, I have two small children and I, you know, and, and that was frustrating. They wouldn't let me telecommute, even though, you know, and, and you know this, the way that job works when you're doing like social media content marketing, I could do that anywhere in the world. Yeah. As long as I have a laptop or an iPhone, I'm fine. And so that was frustrating. I wasn't getting pay raises, even though I was bringing in like, um, like Facebook alone in one year brought in 63,000 people to their website. Wow. That's a big jump. It's a huge jump. And I wasn't getting like compensated at all. Like I, you know, I mean, if you think I, I was paid less, like I wasn't even getting like a dollar per lead for that. As far as I was only making right. like 40,000 a year, um, for what I was doing. And, and that was frustrating. Cause I, I thought I earned, I deserved more money. And um, I needed more flexibility with the kids. I didn't understand why, I'd, you know, because I had come from the spa land where I could make my own schedule and do this. So I was just, it was just really frustrating. And so, do you think that had something to do with it as well, or do you think it made you less lenient because previously you've had that the additional freedom and then gone into something where they don't offer that as much? Oh, I hated it. Oh, I hated it. I did not understand it at all. I'm just going, I I think I'm of the mindset that I'd rather, instead of compensating me for like hours, like they wanted me there from like, you know, eight to five every day. I'm like, no, compensate me for the actual work I'm providing, you know, because my job was not requirement to be there every day, but that was their corporate culture. And, you know, I, I dealt with it as much as I could. But, um, you know, I was already making transitions. I was already starting to wanting to get out. And one of the perks of the job, and this is where the podcasting comes in. So April 2015, um, one of the perks of the job is I got to go to a conference every year and I pretty much got to pick which one I wanted to go to. So I found one about blogging. I thought it was about blogging um, in Las Vegas the same week as my husband's birthday. And I was like, perfect. We'll go to this conference. He gets a free trip. We'll have fun and I'll learn something. Well, it was New Media Expo and that's where I met a mutual friend of ours, Mark Asquith. And oh, way back then, is it? yeah, that's where I met Mark on a train <laughs> driving really? to. Janai, I was so close to going with him then as well. Oh, that would have been fine. You should have. We had a ball. Um, he and I had a ball anyway. I don't know if anybody else did because apparently, apparently, people who had been to that conference before. This is the last year of the conference um, that was it was held, but people like complained about it. Mark and I are like whatever we're, we're having a great time so i mm. and it suddenly became i started hanging out with all these podcasters and i was like what's a podcast i had no idea what a podcast was in april 2015 oh, really? never heard of one never played one i don't understand it i'm there listening to like chris ducker speak and i'm like who the hell is this guy like i had no clue like pat flynn was sitting next to me i'm like who's that john lee dumas never heard of him so you know i mean like mark maron never heard of it serial i don't understand so i was just i just did not understand it and so mark is trying to explain podcasting to me i don't understand it but i start taking some of the like the sessions and i'm like okay this is kind of fun so one night mark and i are at dinner at the hotel and um we're under the elbow of pat flynn and jordan harbinger from art of charm so these are two like big podcasters and again i have no clue and so while i'm there mark asked me my twitter handle is at sports gal pal and um mark asked me well why is it sports gal pal and i explained when i was in college i did a whole research paper on college athletics in the united states and i transitioned that into a blog that i somewhat updated somewhat regularly it was a hobby and he heard me talk about this and he's like this is a podcast 
you need a podcast like right now. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. Well, what I did was I started asking every person there that I ran into, do you think this is a good podcast idea? And all of them are like, oh my God, yes. And the idea was for me to explain sports to women because I started really getting into sports because I wanted to be closer to my husband. So at the end of the conference, the last day, I'm in the lobby. And at this point, I've started to listen to podcasts. I'm like, let me hear what's out there in sports land. And there was these women in Oakland, um, California. And they were doing a podcast. And they started it in like March of 2015. In March in 2015, in the United States, that's really big for college basketball. And instead of talking about that, they were talking about the big Super Bowl for American football. And I was so upset because they were still talking about Super Bowl. I'm going, you shouldn't be. So I go on this huge rant, like this huge epic, like, like rant. And I was loud and obnoxious, like, like I am on my show. And this dude suddenly shows up next to me and he introduces himself. It was Jay Soderbergh from Blog Talk Radio. And he um, used to be the head of podcasting at ESPN. And he discovered me and he gave me a show. And that's how I got into podcasting. So transition like five or six. That's sort of a whirlwind of podcasting intro to getting out there i guess yeah no literally i went from april june 1st the um show launched so six weeks and in the middle of that i was moving so <laughs> i don't recommend that at all to anybody um but yeah no i went from not knowing a podcast and i think for for me daniel it was a benefit because i see so many people now in my role on the community manager now at podcast websites and i'll get to that in a minute but I see so many podcasters because they've listened for so long. They're on the fence about starting a podcast. And because I didn't know any better, I was like, oh, it's not a big deal. I'll just start a podcast. I, I didn't know what I was doing. So I had no level of expectation of what this should be. I just I just was like, I'm, I'm meant to be a podcaster. Sure. And I got behind a microphone and I, and I still record in my closet. I'm in here now. And um, it just felt natural. It was like, oh my God, this is what I was put on this earth to do. I was put on this earth to talk into this weird looking thing attached to, at the time it was a, a small bureau. Now I have a proper desk in the closet or it's, it's a closet. Like in America, we have closets, not wardrobes because we, we like big spaces because we like everything big. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm literally in a closet recording. And so, yeah, it started and, um, you know, started hanging out with Mark more virtually. We, we hung out more at um, Podcast Movement. And I think he was testing me out because in, what was it, November or October of that year, he approached me and he said, I'm looking for community manager at Podcast Websites. And at this point, I was really, because I, I had talked to him about, I'm frustrated with my day job. I want to transition. I should, should I don't want to work for anybody else anymore. I just want to work for myself. And he goes, well, come join the Podcast Websites team. And so that's how I got involved with Podcast Websites. See, I sit next, sits next to me and I didn't know that was a story. Yeah, that's the story. So, yeah, so it's all Mark's fault. Most things are Mark's fault, really. Most things are Mark's, Mark's um, fault, yes. So that that's what you do now? That's your full, is, is, is it that your full-time well, uh, role? Uh, kind of, sort of. It's, it's, it's a lot, It's yeah. got to be quite a, a hands-on because there's, there's quite a few people in there and there's, I know because I've seen the posts and things like that, that you do quite a lot there. So it's, it's pretty much what you want to do, isn't it? I mean, it's there's the blogs, there's... You get to speak to a lot of people. You still do your own show. I do two uh, shows to, now. Yeah. Yeah. Thing, you know. yeah, yeah. I, do, I do two shows now. So, um, yeah, I'll no. I do, the, uh, yeah, I do the We Should Not Be Friends, which is very naughty, naughty American podcast. Um, don't listen to it if you have small children, but it's very funny. Um, you know, yeah, no, it, it's just podcasting opened an entire world for me and, and, and taking that chance. And so I, um, I was doing the community manager with podcast websites while working my full-time day job. And then in February of this past year, my husband, and you know this, passed away. And that was really the crux of, I absolutely don't want to work my day job anymore. And I want to be very clear. My day job during that whole period was so supportive of me. They basically paid for the funeral. 
They gave me the time off that, you know, I needed. They didn't, you know, pressure me too much into coming back right away. I got back into right away because I just wanted some normalcy. But as I was looking at just the financial reasons and also the emotional toll, I no longer cared, Daniel, about about real estate. I didn't care about the realtors and their and their things and I'm, you know, in their in their little businesses anymore. I, I just didn't care. And because my life had imploded, you know, and I'm just like, I just don't care. So that's when I realized I needed to get out of the role because it wasn't fair to that company. They deserved somebody who cared. And also I'd gotten it to a point where it was now routine. It wasn't fun anymore. There was no more growth. And so I needed to step out because like we talked about, I get bored. And I'm really good at like starting things, but I'm not good at maintaining them. Um, somebody else can come in and maintain it now. And they found somebody actually less expensive than me to maintain what they were doing because they don't need to do any change. They just needed to continue what they were doing. And so I left in June um, and became basically a full-time content marketing specialist. So Podcast Website is one of my main clients. Um, I've got another private client. And then I'm working on a new project kind of with podcast websites, which I'm excited about. So you've basically got got the freedom. Yeah. You get to do exactly what you want to do. You broaden your horizons. Where's the downside? There's a few. I mean, just, just because again, being a single mom, um, I am terrified that I will never make enough to support the kids. I'm very fortunate. Um, I have amazing family and support um, that I was able to, um, you know, move in with my parents and rent out my house. So I don't have the overhead of a household. And they basically have said this next year is my gap year to figure out what I want to do. So I have that. I've got benefits again from my husband's estate and all. So that helps financially kind of buffer some things. But eventually the idea is that all the things that I'm doing will replace all that income so that all that money can go to the kids in their education funds or just funds for them in the future. And so that that's the, the, the downside is, is that, you know, it took a tragedy for me to finally go, no, I'm going to do this. And that that's the downside, I think. I think sometimes people wait until their backs are against the wall. And my back was against the wall. I just couldn't like like logistically drive 40 minutes away when my kids were somewhere else. And I couldn't really afford at the full time price to pay for full time child care. I mean, it's massively expensive in the United States and then healthcare. So I just looked at the math and I'm like, I looked how much money it would cost me to get insurance on our own here in the United States. And it was vastly cheaper than me trying to get it through my company um, because in the United States, there's insurance is very complicated here. And so, and also again, that time freedom, because like this summer, those babies, they needed me. We, the three of us just needed to be with each other. And podcast websites was all of a sudden taking off. It, it just seemed like overnight, doesn't it? That all of a sudden it exploded and it needed me more. So I, all the babies needed me, Daniel. It's been nice that you've had the freedom to do, uh, just like you say, be with the kids. It's a terrible thing uh, having to lose a husband or any family member, but there's always something that kickstarts the next thing, isn't there? Yeah. Um, and it, yours has just been a tragedy in, in one sense, and a, lot, and a lot of other people have it in another way. But it's 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 that it's that reset, it's that different outlook on life that can almost be one. It's it's one of the most important things in, that can happen in a life for whatever that is, but then the the outs that you have afterwards is almost as important and it can be, well, life-changing as well, which it is being at the minute, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think what it is, it takes just real courage. I mean, again, I, I was lucky. I have a safety net. You know, worst case scenario, if none of these businesses worked out, like the projects I'm working on, and I'm working on a really cool project with my mom right now called Spapreneur. 
And I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. Um, but, you know, I can always get a job. And I think people need to understand that. Like if you are leaving a corporate land and you are, you know, starting your own thing and the own thing doesn't work, that's okay. You can do it something else. You can get a regular job. You can get a part-time job to supplement what you're doing. You can take on client work. You know, I don't necessarily, like, podcast website is his own thing. So I want to be clear, but like the private client I'm working with right now, it's not my favorite thing, but I need to do it to get capital for something else I'm doing. And yeah, so, well, yeah, there's, there's and always okay. going to be, we call it, we call it the chaff or the bread and butter. Yeah. Just the, 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 the stuff that you just ha- sometimes have to do to allow, allow you get to the greater good. Exactly. You know, I had to cut expenses. I had to, you know, do some things that, you know, a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, like again, cutting the childcare expense was a huge expense, but you know, I get to pick my kids up every day after school and that's priceless to me right now. Like they, and they they love yeah. it. They're so happy. I, well, you, you can see that. I mean, I'm not, not everybody's going to see that, but I see the photos when you're out and about and you're doing things like where you went for the summer. Yeah. That looked awesome. And they looked like they had absolute time of their life. So they looked great. Yeah, we went, we did a massive road trip to um, Atlanta. So it's like altogether eight hours in the car. Um, And that's a long road trip (laughs) with with kids. Because again, my son turns 10 in like two weeks and my daughter is eight. So, you know, but we had a video monitors and I bought him many. So my son and Daniel and Mark, they all could talk comics all day long because my son is very much in the DC universe as well as the guys um, that that I'm talking to. So... He chose the right side, at least. Yeah. Well, yeah. No. I mean, he does. He does every once in a while look at Marvel because Doctor Strange is coming out soon. He's very excited about that. So, and Spider Man, he still likes Spidey. Um. So, but no. Um. Green Arrow and um Flash are his absolute favorites. Yes. Good choice. I know. I know. So yeah, and it's just it's just one of those things. I, I just think that you know every person will go through. You know, here I am in a decade, I went from being a full-time retail store manager to real estate agent to working at a front desk at a day spa to being a full-time college student. It's a lot of transition, but it got me to a better place because I now can utilize everything I learned in that period from customer service to scheduling to logistics to everything led me up to this point to where, you know, again, I'm the community manager for podcast websites. and, And part of my job is, you know, I was very lucky when I started my podcast. I had direct mentorship with podcasters. A lot of times mm-hmm. when people are starting a podcast, they feel alone. And part of my job as community manager is to make sure our members especially are like, we've got you. We're going to make this as great as we can. You know, if you put in the work, we're going to put in the work. And that's part of it. So it's almost like I'm the big sister in a way, like the fun yeah. aunt, you know, when when <laughs> Mark is busy. and Because he, he, it is. It just exploded. We have a lot of people in the group now and a lot of people using the service. And I love it. I love meeting our members and interacting with them. And it, it's transitioned me, too, to make sure that I want something of my own. Um, so I'm starting a business called Spapreneur, Daniel, with my mom. I've seen you mention it. This is a new thing, isn't it? It is new. So well, as you just said, this is, it is new with your it's mom. It's okay. Um, so what it is, is again, my mom has owned a very successful day spa in our local area for 20 years. And I just, she was an accidental business owner. She was actually my age when she started. And um, we're taking all the systems and the processes, the way we market, the way we book people, the way we train our staff, the way we train the therapist, and we're packaging them up so that other independent spa owners can buy them. So they have basically like a procedures manual already done for them. Because a lot of times people go into that industry and they may be really good at giving a massage, but they're terrible business run owners. And we're having a really problem here in the United States where, you know, chain corporate spas are coming like really popular. 
And I hate them. They're like the Pizza Huts of, you know, massage. It's okay, but it's not as good as the local place. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, do you guys like have like, you know, ch- chain curry places in England? <laughs> That, that's not what I expected you to say, but yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, and they're not as good as the local place, right? No, it's true. They're not. They're not. Yeah, I know you people eat curry. I'm very well aware. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting something at least close to spas, but not Indian food. No, but 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 it's the truth. The local Indian place is going to be way better than some corporate chain because they get to know you, you know? And that's the same thing with a day spa. That's the same thing with almost any business. Whenever you can buy local, it's going to be better service. It's going to be a better quality because people care and they matter. So that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to help those independent spa owners because they don't have the capital that these franchisees have, but they have the desire to make this industry great. And that's what we're trying to do with that brand. And I, a lot of lessons that I've taken from working at Pockets websites, I'm applying to this brand, like how to build a community, how to really respond greatly to customer um, you know, issues and challenges, and just seeing the way Mark has grown his business, um, which was a turning point for himself, and just seeing how he's transitioned into this kind of new role as you know the leader of this brand like how you do that so it's been really great to kind of be able to be i don't think he's realized he's mentored me but he has there's also the fact that if you've got the people around you that you can learn a lot and it's it's more to the point it's it's all right to ask there's no there's no need to cower in shame if you're stuck or you don't know how to do something it's the people are generally friendly and they will help absolutely yeah and i think I think having like a community around you and I realized, especially after my husband's death, how much of a community I had built, even just within the podcasting space, Daniel, you would not believe the amount of podcasters I have never met that sent money, that sent cards, that sent flowers. I mean, it was amazing to me how they even found out where I lived. It's a little scary. Um, But, (laughs) you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, when I was at Packets Movement this summer, I can't tell you how many of them just gave me a hug saying we were thinking about you. And, you know, when you're in it and like that the only way that would have happened if I'd taken I took a chance and you know was friendly to Mark and listened to his advice and he said you should start a show if I hadn't done that I don't know where I'd be today it's we've certainly flown through a lot there yeah but it's interesting that quite a few things that you've mentioned there have either happened by chance or something has been prompted in fact, pretty much everything. There's been chance. There's been something that's prompted it. There's just been a, a, a something that's like when you had uh, your first child. Was like, I don't want to go back. I don't. I just want. Don't want to do that at all. So there's been quite a few different reasons of why you've sort of made it, had a, a turning point, really. Yeah, and uh, which I, is, I think they're all good reasons, Daniel. I just think that yeah. you know you just have to. Sometimes it's not always about the money. Exactly. From from everything we spoke about, I would say that maybe you're, um, because we flew through everything that fast, we've not actually covered anything I wanted to ask, but you've pretty much told everything. So I would say the, big, the biggest thing that you've sort of come across is that it's, you, you know what you want and then try and stick to that and figure out what you can do by doing what you want to do. Yeah, I would say I, I, say, that I would say so. Like, And I think you put it on the head when I was talking about that one job I hated. You, you said it really clearly. It went against who my values are, you know, and I think that ultimately, you know, a lot of turning points, they either happen again because life happens or because your values and your, your who you are as, as an individual is threatened. 
And that's usually, again, when your back's against the wall, you're like, what do I do? Mm. You know, when I left my job in June, it wasn't because I absolutely hated the job. It was honestly because my back was against the wall. And as a mom, I'm like, I have to do what was best for my kids and me. And what was best was not staying at that company, no matter how great they were to me. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Out of out of every sort of turning point that you've had, what would you say is the maybe the biggest uh, issue that, or roadblock or thing that you had to learn quickly? Uh, out of, maybe out of any of those. Oh, um, the biggest thing, and, and this is with all of them, um, is just making sure you have a plan. So when I left the resale, the retail business to go into real estate, I did not have a plan, and that was very foolish. When I chose to leave my corporate job this, you know, this summer, I gave them a six week notice, and I thought about it a month even prior. So I had myself ducks lined in a row. I had savings in the bank. You know, I knew where my kids. I knew that we would be fed and clothed and sheltered, and I think that's really important. Yeah. You know especially if you're talking about turning point with your job, you need to make sure I call it like the four walls that they're taken care of. And then, you know, so I had a better plan. So I think as much as you can plan for the worst, um, it more than likely won't happen, but you never know. So if you're taking like the, the transition, having to plan and then making sure that plan is really flexible. So I thought I was going to launch Spapreneur back in May. It's October and I'm just now getting around to it. And it's not because of any one thing in particular. It's just that, you know, sometimes launches take longer than you expect. Mm -hmm. All things crop up or something, you have a new idea, you need to build around that. And there's a number of factors that can change, isn't there? Absolutely. That's certainly been a great insight, Ramoni. I've learned a lot. There's, there's, I saw especially all the backstory and the and the prompt and change. It's, it's, it's a great insight. So thanks for sharing. I much appreciate that. No, I'm excited for your new podcast, Daniel. This is a very good show. Thank you. So on that note, how can people, obviously we mentioned the few things that you're on with. So how can people get in touch with you? Where can they find you? Okay. So there's a lot of places where you can find me. I live on Twitter, as Daniel knows, um, particularly on Sundays and Saturdays. It's at Sports Gal Pal. Um, I will respond to podcast website stuff there. I will respond to um, We Should Not Be Friends. I'll tell you a little bit about that show too. So that's a show with me and my best friend, Tim, who lives in Atlanta, Georgia. We met via podcasting. And um, We Should Not Be Friends. Like, legitimately, We Should Not Be Friends. It's a very funny show. It's very, um, I talk about the, a lot of the stuff I'm going through, learning how to date again after being married for so long and other, other fun adventures. So you can find me there. We should not.com, um, sportsgalpa.com and then spotpreneur.com. And all three of those websites are hosted on podcast websites. Imagine that. And I, I must admit, if anybody is a, in a sports fan, that it's, it's definitely the place to be, especially if there's anybody listening in the U S cause there's, uh, there's some rants, there's some, there's some raves and then just general insight and everything, I guess. General insight. That's a nice way of putting um, I'm just really crazy. I will say I did take six months off from that podcast. So I just got back into that. And that's, that's it's been really good this season to get back into talking about sports. Ah, great. I'll be sure to hop back on. Yes, there are new episodes, Daniel. And you will find them all on sports, at SportsGalPal, I guess. Yeah, you can go to SportsGalPal.com and listen to all of them. And do it. Let's do that. Right, Ramona, thanks very much for sharing your story. No, thanks for having me. So that's it for this episode of The Turning Point. I've been your host, Daniel Moore, and our guest today has been the lovely, lovely Ramona Rice. Uh, remember, together we can make one of life's biggest hurdles easier and easier to overcome. <laughs>